Welcome to episode 10. This week, I'm sitting on top of a roof in Bharatapur, Nepal, which is a little tiny village outside of Chitwan National Park. And I'm sitting on a rooftop with a full moon. It's really quiet out. You might hear some dogs barking in the background, some coyotes. But yeah, um, I'll tell you how I ended up in Nepal later on in the show. So the image that I picked for this week is from Pashtaputnat, which is this like sacred Hindu temple in Kathmandu. And the image is a cremating body. And that's how they bury their dead here. They cremate them and then they send them down the river. And the river connects to the Ganges, which is like the holy Hindu river. And there's this whole ceremony and it's all open to the public so you can see it all. And uh, yeah, really interesting to see. And that's what that image is. And again, there's now a Instagram account for the podcast. So if you go to a peripatetic podcast on Instagram, you'll find uh, that image as well as a bunch of others from the week. So Nepal has a special place in my heart because for one, it was the first place I came. It was the first place outside of North America that I ever traveled to for longer than a week. Uh, when I came here for two months back in 2014 and two because it was a it was a transition point in my life it was right after college right before I started my military time and then now again six years later right after my military time so it's it's a really interesting to see to experience Nepal with the perspective of having been to like probably a dozen other countries and a whole bunch of life experiences and a whole bunch of things that have happened in my life and for Nepal. I mean, they right after I was here, there was the massive earthquake of April 2015. And so a lot of the buildings, a lot of the temples even, you know, 800-year-old temples were leveled in that earthquake. And so the, the city is modernized in some ways because... Those, where there was buildings, there's now brand new buildings. And it's still same old Kathmandu, though. It is just crazy. It is such an intense place. Just you get bombarded with people asking you to go on tours. And the, tourism is the main industry of Nepal. So there's just they're trying to get you to go on treks and take you to the temples, trying to get you to go into their restaurant. It is just intense and the the traffic is like i mentioned it previously there's no laws and you know it's it's dirty it's loud it's dusty but it's awesome it's it's one of the the greatest places i've ever been so how did i end up here that's a good question this is becoming a week by week story of travel mishaps and lessons learned and i have a couple more to add this episode and that's really the advantage of traveling. It's a real-world classroom for skills and lessons and learning uh, hard, hard lessons that actually apply to life. 
So like I consider any money lost on missed flights and improper negotiating in shops or restaurants or what have you, I consider that all tuition. Not only getting better at traveling, but getting better at at life. I've said more no more in the last week than I don't know, years, the last several years, you know, when you're negotiating, everything in Nepal is negotiable, which gets absolutely exhausting, but you get really good at it because everything, every taxi ride, everything in the shop is, you got to negotiate for it. And then you also have to turn down all the people that, that hit you on the street asking you to take their track or trying to sell you drugs or whatever it is. Um, so yeah. I learn more each week out here than an entire year of college probably. And it, it puts you in stressful situations and you have to cope as best as you can. So the first story, the first crazy thing that happened was back in uh, Bangkok still at the start of this week, we, my girlfriend and I tried to do this floating market tour that's just outside of Bangkok. And we went to the concierge of the hotel and they quoted us some ridiculous price. And so we said no. Walked out on the street. There's all these taxis lined up. One guy approaches us asking us if we want to go to the floating market. We're like, oh, yeah, we were just trying to go there. And he gives us a, a really good price that was basically, it was 300 baht, which is like $15. So we're like, oh, that's a great deal. Yeah, awesome. And he drives us out there. It's like a one-hour drive. And they try to sell us on a, 2000 I'll spare the details but basically they tried to sell us like a 2000 bot entrance fee for the the floating market at this particular place where he dropped us off. So the taxi driver was in cahoots with the the market um tour guides, the boat tour guides there. And so yeah, it was this whole uncomfortable ordeal where the taxi driver didn't give us all the details that yeah, he was only charging us 300 for his ride, but he's also getting a thousand baht or something for bringing us there and selling us these way overpriced tickets for the tour. And so we had to negotiate really hard and ended up getting them down to 1500 for the two of us. And the floating market itself was like nothing spectacular. It was, it was cool that it was floating. Like, yeah, it was, it's what it sounds like. You, you take a boat through these like canals and there's shops but the shops are the exact same thing you see all over bangkok like the food and the, the shirts and the the typical like tourist shops so it was nothing like crazy it definitely wasn't worth all the hassle and the second big lesson that we learned or this wasn't really anything that we did wrong right or wrong but it was something that really was stressful for a few minutes and that was at the airport um we got to the ticket counter to go to nepal checked in and the lady at the counter she speaks limited english but she shows us her phone and the government of nepal had just released a statement two hours before our check-in that they were no longer allowing a list of countries in koreans chinese japanese and so on and so we're like, well, great, another country not letting us in. And, you know, she's apologizing and all that stuff. And a whole bunch of other people are getting turned away. All those, all those people from those countries. So 
we go to sit down we're like calling travel insurance calling the air- airline trying to get refunds trying to figure out what to do next are we gonna is there any other countries that'll let us in almost all the countries in this region have not allowed are are barring koreans or barring travel um vietnam of course was the first one now india and it's just like singapore indonesia like all the countries are get, are shutting down for travel right now uh due to the coronavirus and so we're all stressed out looking for different flights somewhere else to go and then the flight attendant comes and finds us and she's apologizing she shows us the the letter again and that it doesn't actually go into effect until march 10th so with a few minutes to spare we were able to get our boarding pass get through security and then get onto our flight and uh ended up in nepal so oh and so i, I missed that whole part of the story so nepal was like the only country that we could travel to right now because everything else is closing down and for the the reasons mentioned at the top of the show i really love nepal and this was an awesome opportunity to come here really easy three-hour flight from bangkok and and here we are and it's been really great so far and the reason i am so we spent a couple of days in Kathmandu, and the reason i am where i am out in this rural part uh near chitwan national park is i'm doing another world packers and this time it's with a family that runs an orphanage and they got five kids that they're caring for and so we're just helping them with like studying and preparing meals and even farming we were doing we were picking potatoes and tomorrow we're going to be planting crops and so yeah we're just kind of like helping out for a few hours a day and then in in exchange we get to live with the family and eat dalbat every day which is the nepali meal and it's been a really really interesting experience really cool so i'm gonna end with a quote here and i probably won't have a i don't don't know if i'll have an episode next week because i might be trekking i might be somewhere in the annapurna circuit i might be i don't know where i'll be next week but it's possible i'll miss a week so I'm going to end with a quote. This is from the book Vagabonding by Rolf Potts. Here it is. Long-term travel isn't about being a college student. It's about being a student of daily life. Long-term travel isn't an act of rebellion against society. It's an act of common sense within society. Long-term travel doesn't require a massive bundle of cash. It requires only that we walk through the world in a more deliberate way. But beyond travel... Vagabonding is an outlook on life. Vagabonding is about using the prosperity and possibility of the information age to increase your personal options instead of your personal possessions. Vagabonding is about looking for adventure in normal life and normal life within adventure. Vagabonding is an attitude, a friendly interest in people, places, and things that makes a person an explorer in the truest, most vivid sense of the word.